Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Well, hey there, and thank you for joining us in the ABNWT podcast. This is designed for our ABNWT leaders by our ABNWT leaders, and the goal is to help you reach more people wherever you are. Please share this with your team and with those around you to help us get the word out. With me today is Kathy Zellman. She is the children's pastor at Hope City Church in Edmonton. Every Sunday, they have over 500 kids in attendance across two campuses at their church. Kathy leads staff and volunteer team of 400. So, <laughs> welcome, Kathy. Well, thanks, Jeremiah. It's a privilege to to just chat about children's ministries, a passion of mine, um, for a lot of years. You have a lot of visitors that come from other churches to scope out what you're doing. So, can you tell us, what are the top questions uh, that they have about your ministry here? They ask me questions like, how do you get volunteers? How do you have classroom control? How do you get resources to do your programs? How do you get the lead pastor to see your department is important and part of the church body? How do you have a growing children's ministries? Very cool. Hey, can we start with the first one? What's the, well, how would you answer that first one? What's the question again? How do you get volunteers? All right. What, how do you? Volunteers. They are an integral part of children's ministries. Can't do children's ministries without the volunteers. Yeah. I like to share vision. I like to share my passion for reaching kids for the gospel. Yeah. We know decision age is largely in the children's uh, scope. We know that the statistics are telling us that more than 80% of people who come to Christ come before the age of 14. Wow. So you're looking at a market there. Yeah. That's yeah. where you want to be marketing um, and reaching kids before the age of 14. Yeah. Otherwise, when they're in youth, you're in a rescue mission. Right. So how does that translate, casting vision, getting volunteers? Well, I I believe that as you make relationship, positive relationships with people in your church, and you start sharing vision, and you just invite them to come along with you. And as they have relationship with you, as they see your vision, your mission, your passion, and your strategies for reaching kids, and that kids are valuable people in your church community. Yeah. Because if you don't have kids in your church community, your church community isn't going to live long. We are already one. We are always one generation away from extinction. Wow. Wow. So it's not just getting up at the front and saying we need people from the nur- for the nursery. That that should be kind of a last resort right. type of way of recruiting. Uh, people don't recruit well out of guilt. They recruit well out of yeah, excellent vision. Yeah. And the relationship Passionate too. vision and good, healthy relationships. So you, someone says, hey, I want to be involved. What's the process there at Hope City? Like, do they, they shadow? Do you throw them with a group of kids with no experience? What, how do you bring them along and, and, and get them involved? We have them shadow with experienced leaders or department heads of yeah. the different sections. So, And we just invite them just to come along. Just spend some time with us. Just shadow me. And uh, let's just journey this morning together, the program. And I'll just, I'll just explain things as we go and just experience the kids. Now, for you, uh, like we said, over 500 kids, 
how many volunteers on a Sunday morning does it take for you to run kids' ministries? It takes us 100 volunteers on a Sunday morning, and we need each one of them. Wow. Okay, so the next question here was, how do you have classroom control? How would you answer that to those who are asking? Well, my first question back when somebody asks me about classroom control is, how engaging is your programming? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because if you have a very engaging program, then that cuts out a lot of problems because kids are interested in what you're doing. So you have to find out, um, is what you're doing age relevant? Yeah. Is it relevant at all? Is it engaging? Is it, is it cutting edge? Is it even interesting? And what have you typically found people answer you back? Do they kind of think about it and say, actually, yeah, we're using curriculum from 1950? Or what are some of the journeys that they have to go to to really kind of think through, how do I get an engaging program? Well, that's usually where the truth comes out. Um, Program and planning and trying to get volunteers. And this is another reason why volunteers don't really want to be involved, because if they don't have a very organized way to access materials and to be equipped for what they're doing, um, they're not going to feel very good in 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 their position leading kids. You really got to think through what it is that we're actually doing here on a Sunday. Absolutely. Everything has to be intentional, right? From um, the planning of curriculum, the, the knowing of who your volunteers are and where they need to be, where they need to be trained, equipped, encouraged, and perhaps put with somebody who can be on the job training them wow. so that they feel confident when they're going to be put with a group of children. Wow. The other thing about volunteers is they need to know that they are part of your vision and mission and they are part of your ministry, the vital part of your ministry. They need to feel valued and they need to feel that they give value to the ministry. So instead of calling them volunteers, I actually like to call them serve team members. Very cool. Not just plug in a hole. They are coming alongside you and this is their ministry too. They're part of our team. Absolutely. So the third question people are asking is, how do you get resources? What do you say? When it comes to finances, you really, really need to make sure that you're having a good relationship with your your lead pastor or whoever is responsible with um, overseeing the children's ministry leaders. They need to know that, yeah, kids cost money. Resources cost money. We need to figure out how to get that. There's many ways it, to access resources from the internet that are even free these days. Yeah. Um, there's larger churches that are, are willing to lend curriculum that they have used, but it's still good. There are lots of things that you can do as far as, as, as writing or adapting what's free on the internet. There's lots of brainstorming that can go on. Um, and if you create some kind of supportive environment uh, around yourself mm-hmm. that perhaps you can glean from a church close to you that can help you, or perhaps there's some some great minds right within your church that can brainstorm and think about resources. But this priority really, really needs to come before the lead pastor and the board. There needs to be some kind of budgeting for children's ministries. And I'll just make a plug here for our own resource center, district resource center with uh, Leanne Welk and our children's ministry specialist who has a lot of this curriculum or resources that she can bring for free. So 
make sure you uh, contact her as well as check out POC Kids online. One thing that's really important to remember is that you need to match your resources to who your surf, your surf team members are. Lots of them have many different giftings. Teaching might not be one of them. So therefore, maybe you want to get a video teaching, but they might be excellent at relationship building and connecting with the kids and praying with the kids. So get them a resource that's going to be useful for them that matches their abilities and their giftings. So when it comes to resources and finances, you talked about connecting with the lead pastor. And one of the questions that people ask you is, how do you get the lead pastor to see your department is important and part of the church body? How do you do that? I think you need to put yourself out there and you need to make an appointment, have a meeting time with your lead pastor, listen to his or her heart um, for the church, for the community, and where children's ministries fits in there. Um, I think that you need to be an advocate for children's ministries and ask for strategies of how the lead pastor really wants the church to thrive and how you want to get behind that vision and passion. And you know that children's ministries can really drive that. And so if you are on the same page with your pastor, then a lot of things can go forward. From what I hear, sometimes this can be a strained relationship. I've heard it so many times. Uh, Children's pastors feel like they're in the basement, out of sight, out of mind. Um, once, Once a leader has been found for the children, it's like, Oh, good. They're taken care of. It's all done now. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Just and leave that, them there. That is, that is the worst thing that a church leader can think of. As soon as they get a leader that is willing to do children's ministries, you need to be coming around them with support, with uh, vision, with passion, with practical helps, with resources, and some money behind it to be able to equip that that leader to do children's ministries effectively. If you do that, you will see that your children's ministries has a really, really good opportunity to thrive. And that will also help your church thrive because kids will come back to an engaging program and they will bring their parents. This has been our experience. I highly recommend that whatever children's leader is leading the children's ministries, they need to be regularly meeting with the lead pastor. And regularly, I mean once every two weeks at minimum, because the heart of what is going to be accomplished in the church happens in those meetings. So tell us what are some of the key components here at Hope City that have made this such a thriving children's ministry? Well, first of all, we, we are just appreciating and so grateful for such a sovereign move of God on our church right now. And we're trying to steward that well by being absolutely responsible for doing things with excellence. God does things with excellence. Therefore, we need to do things with excellence and get rid of that good enough attitude. So everything that we do in children's ministries has to be very organized and has to be carried out Um, with incredible intention and excellence. In my staff team, we did a lot of dreaming, strategizing, and brainstorming to come up with vision, mission, and values that reflect everything that we decide about our children's ministries. These vision, mission, and values reflect 
our church vision, mission, and values that our our lead pastor and our staff team have also set out. I would like to just for an example, yeah. um, read out to you what our vision, mission, Please. values yeah. are. So here they are. This is our vision. We dream that every child will have an ongoing experience with God and His Word so that they may confidently live out their faith as an agent of influence. Our mission is to facilitate children's spiritual formation by creating a safe, irresistible environment, fostering healthy relationships, and embracing families of the community. We value innovation, excellence, safe environments, fun experiences, Bible-based teaching, equipping families, encouraging serve team members, and active compassion for others. This is basically the focus and the center of which we decide all of the things of the why we are doing things in our children's ministries. I think a lot of churches have really lost their white hat why of why they are doing children's ministries. Is it to fill in time? Is it to keep the kids busy? Is it because it's the right thing to do? All of those things. Babysitting? Don't even go there with babysitting. <laughs> That's children's what I said. ministries is not child care. You can hire babysitters for that. What we're doing is we are investing into spiritual things in children's lives. We are facilitating spiritual formation, and we are about equipping parents to be the primary source of the spiritual development of their child's wow. faith. So it's great to have mission, vision, and values, and a lot of churches do, and not a lot of kids' ministries do, but if let's say they do it. It's one thing to have it on a poster on your wall. How do you actually shake that down and actually run your children's ministries in accordance with these vision, mission, and values. Well, our staff team had a really big uh, discussion together. We thought, what would we like to have a well-discipled child look like? What would that look like in our context if there was a child who was discipled, grounded in their faith, ready to go on to youth. So we described what that would look like. Then we took that and we applied our vision, mission, and values. So the activities that we plan, the curriculum that we we form, the outreaches and the inviting events that we have all stem from what we believe as our is our vision, mission, and values, and what we feel is a healthy part of discipling children. I love when you talked about the white hot why. Tell us again, what is your white hot why, and how does that play out in kids' ministries? Well, our white hot why should always be the Great Commission. That is the one great big thing that Jesus asks us to do, yeah. is to go and make disciples, to go and preach the gospel to all nations. If we are able to reach children, they can have a dynamic effect on the community and society around them if they are solid Christians. So how do you do that? How do you create a program where your Christian kids are inviting their non-Christian friends? Well, first of all, you absolutely must have an engaging program. These kids want to bring friends to a program they feel proud of and that they feel comfortable with that their their friends are going to have an excellent experience in. Our kids have come to trust the programming here. 
that doesn't matter what night they bring their friend on. It's going to be a great night, and their kids are going to have a great time, whether it's midweek or whether it's Sunday mornings. Now, Sunday mornings, is it only for Christian kids? Are you aware that they're non-Christian kids in the programming, and how do you how do you combine the teaching, and what do you do? We are very careful with explaining the background and context from which every story comes from. We have incredible intention behind the presentation to make it relevant to a kid's life. We also have that very, very, very important uh, small group time where there is a small group leader that can kind of lead them through the paces of what happened during the presentation and what does this really mean and if kids have a prayer need. Or occasionally we, we even give a, a talk about where kids are at in their discovery of Jesus. They could be at the discovering stage. They could be at the believing stage where they believe that there is a Jesus. They could be at the committed stage where they're ready to make a commitment for Christ. And then they could be at the telling stage where they are ready to tell others about the love that Jesus has has for everyone. So we know that we have kids in all of these phases and stages, and we we respect that, we talk about that, and we give them opportunity to be able to take the next step in their faith walk. You know, Kathy, in this district, we, we often say that children's ministries are the growth engine of any church, and this is often comes as a surprise to senior pastors and uh, see, I told you so, to children's ministers and children's pastors, um, but we believe it's true. Have you seen that in this church? We absolutely have seen this in this church. This church has always had a reputation of having quality children's ministries, so I definitely stand on the shoulders of, of those that have served before me, but it it really is true. We have new families that come into our, our our guest lounge every Sunday that it's their first time here and they say things like we've we've heard about the children's ministries being so good here. We wanted to give the church a try. We've also heard stories of of people just landing in our church. There was um uh, about four or five of, of our students in our elementary programs that this is a similar story where they started asking questions to their parents about God that the parents just could not answer. In one particular case, um, there was this grade four boy who was asking his mom, she was a single mom, questions about God. And she thought, you know, we better we better go to church to kind of see if we can find out these answers. I, I really can't answer these things. So grandmother, mother, and son came to Hope City Church, and within six months, they were getting baptized because they uh-huh. realized who Jesus was, and they came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Wow. We had another situation where um, a girl in grade five was asking questions and just really wanted to go to church, so they were on the way to a church they realized that they were late for that particular church, saw our sign and what our third service start time was, pulled in the parking lot. They've never left. They had such a positive experience that uh, they have become a core family. And our the girl, actually, she was so thrilled with her experience that whenever the parents wanted to sleep in, she would say, we can't miss We've got to go to church. I do not want to miss out on what's happening in, in the kids' ministries. Wow, that's different from when I was a kid. My parents were dragging me to church, and now the kids are bringing the parents. We hear lots of stories of the kids 
bringing the parents, get, making sure those parents are getting up. When they start dancing and singing in the car, when they get close to the parking lot, they can't wait to come inside. So, Kathy, if you could give a piece of advice to our senior pastors, particularly those that are pastoring, they don't have children's pastors. They have you know people volunteering in their church to work with children. What piece of advice could you give them? You need to be involved in children's ministries. You need to be in the know about what's happening in your children's ministries. Don't let them be isolated. Don't let them be an island. You need to bring them in uh, to your office, to a place of where you're both strategizing together. You're making plans. You're making intentional steps towards growing a thriving children's ministries. Bring the aspect of team leadership into your children's ministries. This can only be done through a team. As soon as you have only one or two leaders, your children's ministries is not going to thrive. Figure out, strategize, search with other churches, get their ears on how to create quality experiences in your church and just an open invitation from Hope City Church. We do have churches that come in and consult uh, with us. We'd love to just invite you just to come, be a part, observe, see what we do. Um, it's not going to be same in your context, but the principles can be the same, where children's ministries is highly valued and a large part of what makes church growth happen. And I know that our pastoral team would be very open to talking with other pastors about how to make this a priority in your church. Wow, thank you so much, Kathy, and thank you for the open invitation to join you on a Sunday. And thank you for joining us today. Again, share this with your team. It's so vital for us to continue to grow and reach people in our communities with the love, grace, mercy, and peace of Jesus Christ. Until next time.